0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. A long-awaited trial involving alleged corruption and bribery is now underway. The so-called ComEd4 trial began Wednesday with opening statements in a case involving Illinois' largest electric utility company, ComEd, and former House Speaker Mike Madigan. The thing is, it's not a Mike Madigan case. It's four folks with connections to ComEd and Madigan that are being accused of bribery conspiracy. Dan Mihalopoulos, WBEZ investigative reporter on government and politics, is here to help us put the pieces of this puzzle together. Dan, let's start with the basics. This case is being called the ComEd 4 for a reason, right?
2: Right. The uh, four people that are defendants in this federal case at 219 South Dearborn are all people who used to work for ComEd, either in-house as executives or as outside lobbyists that were representing the company in Springfield and uh, at other levels of government. There's uh, and Premagori, who we just heard uh, Dave McKinney talking about in his news report from the federal building, who was a CEO. John Hooker was another executive. And then the two... Uh, Really interesting players. You have Jay Doherty, who was a lobbyist for ComEd, but also we knew him as the the president of the City Club of Chicago. And then Mike McClain, who the feds have described as sort of a double agent in that he was technically representing ComEd, but unofficially was really the right-hand man for Mike Madigan for decades uh, in Springfield, where Madigan was uh, obviously... Uh, the longest serving uh, speaker of a state house in the history of the country until this scandal brought him down.
1: They're being accused of bribery. What did these alleged bribes look like?
2: So it's a basic patronage scheme only instead of government jobs being doled out to your political cronies. This is really what I call the privatization of patronage. So these um, the state-regulated utility They depend a lot on actions in Springfield, and so they're allegedly, and admittedly, the the company we should say nearly three years ago, the power company, which is the largest utility in Illinois, um, acknowledged that they uh, hired a bunch of people with connections to Madigan as consultants, and uh, these politically connected cronies of Madigan did not do any work, but we're getting paid. Mm. And so it's a sort of pinstripe patronage, as they say, where you're hiring these people to, quote unquote, be consultants or or uh, subcontractors of um, of Jay Doherty in a lot of these cases, who was their lobbyist. You pay the money to Jay Doherty and then Jay Doherty funnels it to these cronies of Madigan who allegedly don't do anything for that money. They're just being paid to curry favor with Madigan and to help ComEd get what they want from Springfield.
1: Help us make the connection between Madigan's indictment and this trial now.
2: Right. Well, Madigan, uh, you know, has been indicted and charged with um, the the behavior that I just described and some other counts. Um, He's not on trial here. Uh, His case is still pending. Um, But all four of these uh, people were uh, who are on trial now, were part of the same alleged scheme uh, to to bribe Madigan. And so uh, it, you're going to hear a lot, and we already have heard a lot, um, which John could tell us more about, uh, John Seidel, or or any of the reporters that are in the courtroom for Beezy and the Sun-Times. Uh, but uh, this is something we've been following for several years since they raided a bunch of these friends of Madigan uh, way back, uh, what was it, 2019. And like I said, in 2020, ComEd uh, admitted uh, doing this. Um, but uh, that is not, uh, you know, what what is it at play here? What is at play as a guilt or innocence of these four individuals who either were executives or, or lobbyists of Comed.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned John Seidel because he's he's standing by Chicago Sun-Times federal courts reporter is now at the Dirksen Federal Courthouse in the Loop. Hey John, thank you for stepping hey, out. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for stepping out to to chat with us here. The trial is underway, so tell us what the mood is like.
0: Um well, it's it's serious business here. As Dan said, I mean these are four individuals who are are fighting for their freedom here. And um you know, we we had opening statements yesterday and and we've heard we heard from the government first and we heard all of the allegations. Uh, again, that we've been hearing uh, for, for years now since this case was first indicted. But yesterday was also an opportunity for the defense to stand up and talk to the jurors and and really make the most substantive argument yet on behalf of their clients. Patrick Potter, who represented Mike McClain, got up to the jury and said, thank God you're here. Uh, he called the, the government allegations a, a dark theory. Um, that doesn't really, that won't really hold up once they hear all of the evidence. He said that, uh, that despite supposedly bribing Madigan, um, that ComEd still had to invest in a massive lobbying effort to get some of the key legislation mm-hmm. issue here passed. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's. We're talking about a a half a dozen jobs um, that were given to people over the course of almost a decade, Um, you know, and and also that there is no connection between Madigan making job recommendations and any specific piece of legislation. That was the argument from the defense yesterday. Uh, So we'll be watching to see over the next several weeks how that holds up.
1: How long is the trial expected to take?
0: Uh, As long as uh, about two months. They've been saying six to eight weeks.
1: Yeah. And it looks like there's going to be a lot of witnesses on the stand. Uh, Will former Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan be one of those witnesses?
0: No, I would not expect that he he would be. And in fact, as as Dan mentioned, he is under indictment himself in the in the same scheme. So I know I don't believe that uh, Michael Madigan will ever step foot in this particular courtroom. Yeah. So far, we've seen two witnesses. They're former state lawmakers, uh, former state reps. Uh, Carol Sente. She uh, took the stand at the end of the day yesterday and has completed her testimony. And Scott Drury uh, just took the stand right before I came to uh, chat with you. And we've had kind of a real politics on trial vibe today where they've been talking about uh, the power that Michael Madigan had to to move legislation within the House, mm-hmm. to kill legislation, to stop the various ways he could stop a bill that he, he didn't agree with. Uh, now, during cross examination, defense pointed out that at the end of the day, this is politics. And, um, you know, they told jurors yesterday that politics uh, can be ugly. But I think that prosecutors are trying to explain to jurors how things worked in
1: Springfield and yeah. what
0: the culture was like in Springfield, where, where Madigan was just a significant presence.
1: Yesterday, Madigan confidant Michael McLean's defense attorney said, quote, in short, Madigan wanted, the defendants gave, and the defendants got. It's that simple. And Actually, quote, I think that was the prosecutor. Well, it was the prosecutor? Okay. Yeah. Well, 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 is it really that simple, the way they laid it out?
0: Well, that's that's how that's how they're laying it out to jurors, right? That's that's how they want to simplify what what could be, uh, you know, a, a complicated discussion of of legislation and these, you know, the, the the lobbying effort that we've talked about. But at the end of the day, what they're trying to explain to jurors is that um, that McLean, on behalf of Madigan, sought these favors, sought these job recommends sought these subcontractor positions and other things to help enhance Madigan's power. That that they that they gave those things to Madigan and his cronies. And that, therefore, they got the legislation they need. That's what the feds say this case boils down to simply. And the defense says, yeah. of course, that it doesn't.
1: Let's bring you back in the, the conversation, Dan. What do you think? Yeah, I,
2: I think that this is the biggest trial, uh, political corruption trial, in more than a decade since the last time we had an Illinois governor on trial, namely Rod Blagojevich. Um, I think in some ways this is bigger uh, than Blagojevich. Um, in the sense that, um, you know, when you're talking about Madigan and this ultimately uh, ties back to Madigan, as we discussed earlier, uh, you're talking about someone who was a dominant presence in Springfield uh, from the southwest side of Chicago. He ran the Illinois Democratic Party as well as the chairman of that organization, in addition to being Speaker of the House. And I do think that, that his power was almost absolute for uh, so he was in Springfield for 50 years and and as uh, I believe speaker of the house for 37 years. Um, and I've seen these kind of trials before. Uh, it was uh, maybe 16 17 years ago that a number of aides to Mayor Daly were tried and convicted um, in a patronage scandal. Uh, it did not involve an outside contractor or, or a, a state regulated utility like this case, but that was the Sorge, uh, Robert Sorge trial in around 2006. And again, I think we see a lot of the same arguments back and forth. We see people allegedly uh, misusing their power to benefit their cronies and perpetuate their own power. Um, And we also see the defense that says, hey, this is how the, um, you know, we we fry our civic meat here. And it's just politics um, and it's nothing nefarious, much less illegal and criminal.
1: What do you think this case says, Dan, uh, about the desire for political power in Illinois?
2: Well, I think what we look at here is uh, state regulated utility is a company that relies at the end of the day on people in elected office and their appointees in different agencies for something very important, which is their corporate bottom line. Uh, Yes, it is a state regulated utility, so it is a private company. It's publicly traded Uh, in the case of of Exelon, the parent company of ComEd. And uh, really what's being alleged here by the feds is that uh, power was abused uh, and and was enhanced in the case of Mike Madigan and his cronies by letting ComEd take advantage of the rest of us. And they Mm. do, uh, in the prosecution's case, point out specific pieces of legislation that benefited ComEd and that occurred during the time of this alleged bribery scheme, and uh, at the end of the day, I think this is a, a scandal that you know affected, or or, or a pattern of alleged def- behavior that had a direct effect. It's not just something we're watching here, like politicians right. being politicians. It's something that uh, we could see on the bills of four million we customers of Comed, yeah. each and every one of us, and the lights that are shining on us in this <laughs> right in now. this windowless room right now. <laughs>
1: Uh, John Seidel, back over to you at the courthouse there. To Dan's point, Illinois is known for political corruption. We've seen quite a few governors go to prison, for example. But have we ever seen a case of alleged corruption in Illinois' state government quite like this? Uh, What do you think is at stake now with this trial?
0: You know, what I think is at stake now, especially listening to the testimony today, and we've got a long way to go, but this is a lot of again, what seems to be on trial today is the way politics in Illinois has operated and this entire investigation that led to this, uh, that led to to this indictment, to Madigan's indictment, uh, the, the separate indictment of Ed Burke and others, I, I mean, is is just a real aggressive challenge to Chicago-style politics, the way that we know that politics is done in the city. And um, I, this is actually the, the first of, of a couple trials, of course, because there's this trial, Burke goes to trial in November, at least that's the schedule, and then uh, Mike Madigan in April of next year. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to see how jur- how this jury and potentially other juries uh, come down on this kind of politics, this way of operating and whether or not they actually see a federal crime here. Uh, it, if, the, if the government runs the board and, and secures convictions and uh, all of these, I mean, I think there will be a, a significant reckoning. I'm not about to say that, that politics or I'm, that, that corruption in mm-hmm. Illinois is going to come to an end. Um, but it's, 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 it's already shaken uh, state politics, and I think it, it will do so further.
1: What are you two going to be watching as this ComEd 4 trial continues? I, I think the most interesting potential
2: witness for me, the guy that can sort of tie this together from the street-level politics in the neighborhoods of Chicago to the tippy-top of that dome of the Illinois Capitol in Springfield, is a former Cook County commissioner and recorder of deeds named Ed Moody Moody who beside those exalted titles in local politics was really one of the top precinct captains for Mike Madigan, who came into his organization practically as a very young man or Mm -hmm. as a boy and um, came from the neighborhood on the Southwest side, uh, joined that organization was very effective at going door to door for Madigan and for the candidates that Madigan endorsed in that part of town and across the state. Because remember Madigan's power depended a lot on Mm -hmm. being able to, Uh, reelect his allies and keep that majority in Springfield. So I think Ed Moody is going to be almost like, you know, a scene out of a Chicago version of The Departed to see him up there as a cooperating witness. Uh, And I guess they said yesterday in court um, that he would be a witness um, who is uh, is there and and helping the government and testifying in exchange for not being criminally charged himself. I, I think whenever you see what they call a beefer, a rat, um, you know, in the colloquial terms, not legal terms, okay. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you see that uh, situation, for me, it's very um, dramatic, very uh, significant legally and uh, and in terms of the, yeah. the sort of narrative of politics in
1: this town. John, what are you watching for? You know, I think Dan makes a good point. But as a as a
0: court guy, you know, I, I was kind of listening closely to that defense argument yesterday and uh, the point that I mentioned earlier where they said that within all these evidence, we're supposed to hear the jurors expected to hear more than 100 secret, uh, secret recordings of these individuals.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the defense said that nowhere in there will there be any link between a job recommendation from Madigan and a piece of legislation. And, and what I'm watching for is how the government actually established this as a bribe, not just a, a couple of favors done over the course of 10 years, but how they can establish that Michael Ma- Madigan, and, you know, they, or they, they sought to have Michael Madigan take some kind of official action in exchange for these favours and to see where in the evidence they actually make that link.
1: We'll leave it there. We've been talking with John Seidel, Chicago Sun-Times federal courts reporter, and Dan Mihalopoulos, WBEZ investigative reporter on government and politics. Thank you both. Interesting stuff. This episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Micah Yason and edited by Dan Tucker and Stephanie Kim. Check back with us on Friday for our weekly news recap, where we'll bring you the latest on the ComEd trial, the Chicago Mayor's race, what's on tap for the Ravinia Music Festival this summer, and much more. Our weekly news recap drops in our podcast feed Friday afternoons at 4.30. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Have a great rest of the day.